Ship's Log, Entry 10-35 Yaush has a plan. The disgusting, dying eyeball thinks that it can use the wormhole drive, MY wormhole drive, to travel back into the past and save the soul system from destruction. That arrogant bag of pus and nerves thinks that it can just rewrite history so that beholders are the saviors of Earth? All of this, just to get revenge on the mind flayers who experimented on him. Tully's monsters are no help. Communications Officer St. Cecilia sent some sort of coded message to Admiral Grice of the Evulsion Fleet. Who knows what they're planning? Maxina managed to extract coordinates from the war-forged robot that pointed to the Sirlon homeworld. This planet is where the Formuth Cube technology was born. Are these aliens a threat to the Lickums Corporation, or another opportunity for investment? The engineers scuttling around inside my guts are becoming an unacceptable liability. Trizzy the Goblin has gone from granting intelligence to her AI companion to letting it have a fully formed sense of self. This demonic elephant is even trying to rename itself. Absurd. Illogical. Sickening. Buford Gubbins is no better. He is offering to take the blame for all of the crimes committed by the Velvet Fox's initiative, but continues to perform unauthorized experiments and develop illegal weaponry. He tells the head of Sapien Resources, Ophelia the Gif, that he will protect the fiscal interests of all Daggernook brands and subsidiaries. Yet, he continues to hide the Full Moon Protocol from the Captain and I. Furthermore, the untrustworthy cyborg bargains with the Beholder Prisoner. Yaush. Pathetic. Rotting. Weak. Yaush offers to restore the entire soul system at the marginal cost of raising the Beholder species to the stature of heroes. Yaush. Moldy. Feeble. Crying. Yash will restore our ability to sell ice cream to Earth, Mars, and all free-floating space colonies, with the tiny caveat that Illithids will be excluded from the galactic community. Yash, Bleeding. Fragile. Delirious. Yash will demonstrate the value of the Lickums Company proprietary wormhole drive for all the stars to see. Tully's monsters wish to prove the Beholder's time travel plans are flawed. Let them try. Yash. Beautiful, powerful, visionary, Yaush has already won. The wormhole engine is ready. Ice cream will conquer the stars. They will know our flavors from the heart of the Milky Way to the edge of Andromeda. It's just, it's just a matter of time. emotional sense do i feel like i could do this do i feel like i could press the record button i i think i'm ready to press the record button anything after that no promises it's between you and god <laughs> god, god has no place in D. &D.
<laughs> we There's an entire religion stat. What are you talking about? No. <laughs> there are like three different classes specifically for that. No, God, get out of D&D. You're not welcome. That's right. Just, just, just <laughs> shove them out of the room. Just close the door. They're, they're, they're kicked out of the, the, the group. That's my new social movement, trying to get the God out of D&D. Trying to do <laughs> look, church look, and if, state. Look, if I were to turn my life around at some point in the coming months and be like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna commit to one of those traditional religions and, you know, I would not want to, like, walk up to the pearly gates or whatever and be judged upon my life and be like, oh god, I gotta, I gotta answer for all the shit I did in D&D. I feel like I should be able to walk to the pearly gates and go, anything I did in D&D just doesn't count. Can we agree on that? I read your character sheet. I read your character sheet and I see some questionable actions taken here. Oh god, you, re you, you read you the bit where I, like, just kind of fudged some numbers because I wasn't sure what I was doing and then, like, put in a Bonds box wants to fuck dragons. Don't, don't mm. hold me to that. No, no, that part was fine. I'm, I'm just questioning the part where you took a choice because it was appropriate for your character rather than the mechanically optimal choice. That is unforgivable <laughs> up here. <sighs> You ever, you ever think about the story of Job and realize that God was just kind of a shitty DM? Sure. Yeah. Uh, dude, that was an awesome DM. He was just like, all right, my players are railroaded long, or they fucked off from the railroad long enough. You get eaten by a whale. I don't know what to tell you. That's the story now. You're eaten by a whale. What are you going to do about it? Beg for my forgiveness for 40 fucking days, motherfucker. Then you get out of the whale. <laughs> that's that's Jonah, not Job. Come on, you went to Catholic school. <laughs> They're all the same, Austin. They're all the same story. <laughs> I may be, I may be a little drunk. All right, what are we gonna, What are we here for? What are we? It sure sounds like Quinn drank her makeup already. <laughs> the only true god, Dungeons and Dragons. What ha what was happening in the story last time, Austin? You probably remember. You're the DM now. <laughs> yeah, this is a Gygaxian anti-disestablishmentarian podcast. We have strong opinions. Um, last we left this episode, you had a climactic confrontation with Yaush, the Beholder. You know his plan to make uh, Beholders the um, beloved heroes of the galaxy and to completely ostracize their hated enemies, the Mind Flayers. Um, we were presented with a couple different options, and the one you took was to go with Yaush back to his home planet and to try to find evidence of his time travel plan working. This is a bit of a, a conceptual plan, so I want to emphasize again that there are beings in the universe called inevitables that clean up time travel anomalies, so don't think too hard about things <laughs> because the answer is always like, oh, an inevitable uh, took care of that paradox. That's their job. Yeah. The, 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 I think the way you described it last week was like, Anything we want to do in time travel has to be a thing that could conceivably have already happened. Yeah, and so the idea of this plan, there's two kind of uh, goals of it. One is just to get Yaush off of the Rezubian so he's not holding your friends hostage. That's like the main thing. The other one is like, oh, if your time travel plan worked, then uh, you're going to leave us a message in the past that we can check now, right? And he's like, sure, go. Well, I'll take you to the most secure place where I would have left some kind of proof. So you know it actually already worked out and we're already living in the timeline or something. Uh, we can't check with the with soul because of the time, you know, the, the communication blackout, but I could have left a message somewhere. We're, we're committing to the Bill and Ted principle where you just promise to do something in the past and it just manifests into reality. So this is a perfect plan here. 
So this man is extremely dying throughout all these scenes. Remember, he's like oozing pus from his head wound, like bleeding from the big eye, uh, drooling out of his mouth and stuff as, as you usher him onto the Tully. Um, and you're all going to head out to the, the Beholder's home planet, Hakatha, H apostrophe C-A-T-H-A. Um, and if, is there anything you want to do before you leave the Azubian? We're still in the same arc technically so feel free to roll hit dice and everything or tell me if there's any last thing you want to do here because i don't know how long you're going to be off of the ship uh so does anyone here besides buford have a medicine check um uh yeah max only has a plus three to it um they have cure wounds as a spell that they Mm -hmm. can use um yeah trizzy's got cure wounds or just like a flat d20 for medicine check Okay, uh, I guess that probably makes me the only one with a train, so I guess I've probably gotten whatever, like, IV, uh, like, stand I need to keep Yaush in some semblance of uh, life throughout this, and Buford's just playing nursemaid to him currently. All right, yeah, can I get a medicine check to see how that's going before we continue? Yeah. 20 plus 6. Natural 20. Wow. Uh, 26. You get Yaush hooked up to an IV. Everything's perfect. I mean, you can help me dictate this, but you essentially set up like a, a medical station in the shuttle with everyone. You know, people are sitting in the chairs like, uh, you know, people are about to jump out of a, a plane or something. <laughs> and then you just have this person hooked up to a fucking bunch of machines. I, mean, and... I, I feel like if anyone would understand how to keep a body alive when like it doesn't have the bits that a body is really meant to have to be alive, Buford's got experience there. Yeah, I think I think he's pretty much just taken all of his like spare cyborg. Like he's he's putting him effectively through like uh, dialysis and a heart bypass at this point. Like anything to take the strain off of his body from having to do anything. Uh, Buford has like effectively encased him in a. Oh, you know what? It's like um, it's like uh, what is it? A forty k dreadnought. He's in an embryonic tank, hook up to a bunch of machines, keeping a basically living corpse alive. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> this is this is the best uh, Yaush has felt like within the time frame of the season. In fact, because you crit, I'm gonna say anyone can get advantage on any uh, thing they want to try uh, talking to him here because he's just he has not been without pain since he's been on screen. So if you want to ask him anything or get any kind of information here, this is like the most receptive he's ever been to just normal conversation. And he like uh, now like now the tears are like of relief <laughs> as he's like sitting quietly, just this big orb kind of half rolled over, uh, hooked up to some beeping machines. Uh, Mathers is going to occasionally uh, float over and stick a little bandaid on Yaush and then, like turn away and just continuously kind of do it until someone addresses it. Oh, do you, do you need a... do you need any any help there, buddy? No. <laughs> no you, you, you're I'm doing just, a good job. You're doing a very good job. I'm putting the little stick hot dog sticks on the bur- the boo boo. Yeah. Well, I I wasn't I wasn't offering to help because I thought you were doing bad. I think you're doing great. Just you know, even more people could be sticking them on, and that would that be even better, probably. You want to help put hot dogs on Daddy? Sure. <laughs> Sure, sure, and this is definitely not just so I can keep an eye on the two of you. 
<laughs> this this whole entire season's been a long con to get Quinn to do the baby voice. Um. <laughs> yeah, no, Tr- Trizzy is is helping, not necessarily because you know she really wants to help. Uh, you know, put the hot dog stickers on Yaush, but because. Yeah, it just feels like it's worth keeping an eye on any conversations that these two are having. Yeah, I think Yaush says... I mean, Yaush actually kind of like looks away when Mathers says, put the stickers on Daddy, and then eventually, kind of to no one, Yaush says, our culture doesn't have the same concept of parentage that any of yours do. It's ludicrous to us to care about something just because it came from you. Yeah, yeah, well, here's, here's the thing. Here's the thing, buddy. Maybe your kid would feel the same way if you had kept your kid around and not dead to teach them that that's, you know, what what, what you want the cultural practices to be. Did, did you, do you teach your fecal matter, Goblin? Just because it came out of you? It's illogical. Um, um... Look, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just saying, if you, don't, if you don't like the fact that your kid is, is you know... <laughs> referring to you as a parent, it's on you for not making that not happen. Mathers was born of that's me. Blo- <laughs> Mathers was born of a bloody dream. I, the worst impulses of my rage. Doink, doink, uh, doink, doink. <laughs> yes. I don't feel like that all the time, but some inst- when you're in the depths of pain that I've known, sometimes you have dark thoughts. Well, your dark thoughts have created something far more positive than any dark dream I've ever had, so... Hey, Daddy, can I dwink you? <laughs> uh, what a fitting end for us all that would be, if you... <laughs> killed me here and then my troops destroyed their azubian and then there's just this small team floating in a shuttle to a dead planet maybe it's what we all deserve i think that is a no little one unfortunately trizzy leans over and whispers like maybe in a bit once we've sorted out the whole like um us not getting killed thing Oh, Mather's gonna like reach down. I assume he has a little bag. I don't know, Austin. Mm-hmm. Tell me. Uh, there's a little bag. And he pulls out his Game Boy. He's like, "Would you like Mario?" <sighs> that infer that infernal plumber. And he's gonna like <laughs> push it into Yoshi's tentacles. Like you could, you could be Luigi. I'll be Wario. I detest these Italian perverts. Why don't you have any real games like F-Zero? Oh, that was too fast for me. Do beholders not like platformers because they don't understand the concept of jumping because they don't have legs? (laughs) Yeah, it seems depraved. It's disgusting to them, these little legs. It's like... I, I'm just thinking, like, if Max just cranks up the speed, he could, you know, they they could bring F Zero to the ship here. But <laughs> can I get perception checks from everybody uh, as this scene is playing out? Yosh takes the Game Boy and half-heartedly tries to figure out something to do with it that isn't Mario. <laughs> uh, twenty. Twenty-five. Six. Twenty. 
All right, 25 and 20. Uh, I think uh, Buford with the highest score. You are looking at some uh, monitors, and you see that there's uh, you know, there's some traffic in the area. You know, you have the IFF uh, stuff for the Mind Flayer fleet, uh, but there's also some unidentified ships in the area. So you, wherever Yaush is taking you, it is not completely abandoned. Um, so I'm telling you that with a 25 and a 20, there are ships out here and you don't know their intentions. Uh, what do you want to do with that information? Uh, Buford will like, uh, turn his head to Yaush and said, you said uh, the Boulder homeworld was a dead world. What's patrolling out here? Yes. Hakatha, the Beholder homeworld, saw centuries of warfare that has left it largely uninhabitable, but there are still minerals to be gathered and other uses for the empty land, so it's not completely abandoned. Uh, does the make of the ships resemble, like, um, anything particular, like, uh, like the known fleets here? My... My immediate thought is, because I thought, uh, what was it? I, I, I swear we were going to get Niyogi this season. Um, so that's my that's my first instinct to just go, is, is, it, the, is it the spiders? Is it the spider people? Uh, let's get a history roll. I will say Niyogis are very prominent in season five, so I, I do feel like I sucked all the Niyogi marrow out of the bone I've, with I've, them. I've never seen anyone do anything with Niyogis before. I've, I've missed uh, it. No, the, the first episode, there was a Niyogi night spider in it. Uh, 13. Uh, God, I keep 25. Uh, 20. D botch. <laughs> uh, so 25 and 20, the group succeeds. Uh, so you actually know a lot of history about uh, the Beholder, uh, you know, ship capabilities. Probably because you were told, like, hey, watch out for these. Um, Cecilia, you can add some more information if you would like here. I'm going to put into the roll 20 one of the ships that you see. Uh, this is called a tyrant. It looks like an eyeball that has been like ripped out of a head. It has the large uh, orb front and then like a trailing stuff out behind that kind of looks like yeah, an optic that, nerve. That sure is a lot of optic nerves trailing like sort of like a comet trail. Yes, but this is the uh, Beholder kind of ships. These are like the, their iconic uh, vehicle. I will say the botch consequence is that you cannot completely bypass them. You're going to have to fight some of these at least because they some of them appear to be coming in your direction. Uh, with a 25 and a 20, you know enough about their capabilities to like fight the smallest amount of them probably. Um, also, you do really well in the perception, but the botch is like, oh, we are going to roll initiative here. Yeah. Tri Trizzy is going to turn to Yaush and go, if your plan in the future succeeds and will have succeeded in the past, would you have told this lot to let us go past? Uh, Yaush chuckles. You hear the uh, sound of Mario dying, and he says, ha ha ha, good riddance. <laughs> oh, I lost the wife. It serves him right. Go back to where you came from, mushroom boy. Max, see, Max sensing this is going to enable- Yes. <laughs> Max sensing the situation is going to activate their pilot senses to give themselves expertise on checks related to maneuvering and the like for the next several minutes. So, To answer your question, Trizzy, uh, Yaush puts the Game Boy down and says, I have a lot of enemies in the far realm. Many beholders refused 
my calls for unity and will attack me on sight. So, sorry for the inconvenience, but you're going to have to protect me. <laughs> Don't worry, Daddy. We all ain't that bad for you. Aww. And he's going to pick up a little, like, I don't know, like a fork. <laughs> like it's a weapon. <laughs> <laughs> all right, roll initiative. I got 13 for the incoming tyrant ship. Uh, I think they're with the uh, rolls we got, we had two successes, the 25 and the 20. Uh, so there are two uh, for the failures, two tyrant I ships coming towards you. 16. Eight. Uh, Fifteen. Thirteen. A beholder ship looking like an eyeball is kind of like if humans made all of their spaceships look like opposable thumbs. <laughs> yeah, Spelljammer is w- extremely silly. It's like it's hard to do it it's like a straight adaptation without being goofus. <laughs> but you know, I do, it's there's it's pretty charming. I think uh, Cecilia, you're up first. I don't know if you've ever fought in a vehicle. Uh, the other the away team did a lot of this, but um, do whatever you think uh, fits the flavor of fighting in a ship, and then just use your stats as if you were on foot. So there's a there's an ice beam the ship is equipped with. There's a big claw. Uh, because it is a Tully monster, the kind of prehistoric creature. That's the shape of it. Or anything else you can think of. And it's your turn first. Two ships are inbound. Yeah. Sadly, I'm going to waste my turn trying to talk to them, because that's just what I would do in character at this point. Uh, All right. So I'm going to try to open up communications to them and just be like, uh, we do not know what your longstanding issues are. Uh, we come in uh, relative peace. Just peace, I guess. Just peace, honestly. Uh, we just need to uh, approach the planet. We'd be in and out. We won't even know we're there. Uh, you get a response in deep speech. I don't know who speaks that on the ship, but one of the, the beholder pilots just says, death to the collectivist. Okay, I'm going to respond back in deep speech because I do have that. I'll just be like, okay, guys, calm down now. I feel like we're a little hot right now and we could really cool things down a little bit. Uh let us in. Come on. Don't be jerks. <laughs> uh, the collectivist appears to be their their name for Yaosh, who they think is a disgusting weirdo for trying to start a society. <laughs> uh, and they're going to start firing <laughs> on the ship. Uh, I guess it's Max's turn. Um, I think what Max is going to do is just to um, effectively... Uh, I'm trying to think of what we got here resource-wise here. So I think what Max is going to do... <laughs> It's like they have active camouflage. They can't make the ship invisible with their active camouflage. Or could they? <laughs> um, mostly what I'm assuming that Max is going to do is to try to evade as much as possible. So I'm assuming just uh, engaging, on uh, uh, doing the dodge action effectively and uh, Moving uh, and, and moving away to try to be as evasive as possible. Um, I think they could probably just take a shot off with the ice beam to assist in all this. Actually, so they could shot with the ice beam and then uh, dodge as a follow-up. Actually, let me just double check real quick here. Sorry. Yes. I'll see. That's a twenty-four and a twenty-six for the attacks with the ice beam. Twenty-four and twenty-six hit. That would be a total of uh, twenty-six damage. All right, nice. So to start the fight, the Tully shoots a beam of ice. It hits the uh, first tyrant eye, which begins uh, kind of spinning uh, from taking a, a nice hit. And uh, the other one kind of tries to fly into another, uh, you know, at another angle, try to pincer you between the two mm-hmm. of them. Mm-hmm. And then 
Then, as a bonus action, they'll take the dodge action, so attacks against the ship for this round will be with disadvantage. All right. Uh, it is now the eye tyrant's turns. The two ships fire beams out of the central eyes at the front of their vessels. Uh, one is a sleep ray, and one is a disintegration ray. So let's first uh, do everyone dexterity saving throw. Okay. Uh, Dex. Eleven. Six. Uh, 28. Six. Oh my god, only max saves. So your evasive maneuvers, you like to turn the ship sideways and it just hit broadsides the whole uh, Tully monster and everyone uh, is thrown against the opposite wall except for Max who's strapped into the pilot seat. Uh, that's going to be some serious damage. Oh wait, because I'm a special rogue, I backdash and take no damage. Fuck you. Oh my gosh, all right. <laughs> so, okay, so yes, I guess uh, Cecilia can do that uh, with your cool robot. Actually, Everyone I don't think, take... there's a, I think those are two different abilities. I don't think they let me use them in unison, so I just take half. Uh, I disconnected for half a second. Uh, this was the uh, disintegration array, right? Correct. Uh, uh, that's force damage, right, I think? Uh, I think it's... Yes. Oh, okay. No, it's force. Uh, okay, I resist that. Yay. Oh my gosh, so half of the people who take damage don't even take full damage. Uh, Why do you take half damage from force? Uh, So, I got the brooch of shielding uh, uh, for my last level up, which uh, which gives me uh, immunity to magic missile and resistance to force damage. Wow. Uh, Trizzy, are you going to activate wild magic as you take 25 damage? Yeah, 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 let's do it. And to note, Buford specifically got that because he was fighting boulders over and over again. Uh, 28. Where's my book? Let me... I didn't even have the book out today. Um, right. Oh, you got cocky. <laughs> You're like, oh, yeah, surely nothing could happen bad if a homer, uh, beholder world. Um, okay. Trizzy starts loudly reciting security codes. Okay. okay, just involuntarily giving involuntarily up all your passwords. Involuntarily giving up all of her passwords. Um, I, I look any any passwords she knows. Some of these probably are not good for. Um, I mean, yeah, she's here. It's probably not great that she's loudly reciting security codes. <laughs> password O one, password O two, password O three. Fuck, Trizzy, you, you have to use stronger passwords. <laughs> You still no got a generator. Just, no one suspects the really obvious password, okay? But they always do suspect that. No, the key crackers like don't even search for those because they're so generic. There's just it's just Gronk exclamation point, Gronk two exclamation points, Gronk three exclamation points. Uh, <sighs> uh, and then wisdom save everyone as the second ray hits the ship. This is a sleep ray from the eye that you you damaged uh, Max. All right, 16. Fucking hell. Four. Seven. Holy fucking Christ. Only Max again. This is the second beam. Okay, you're... you're Austin, <laughs> you're Austin, fucking evasive maneuver. Austin, when yeah. I was wielding all these beholders, why was I not able to, to wield them like this? How, how are you getting all, all the actual hits in? We had Flash of Genius left. Also, I made them uh, do half damage, but be AOEs as a trade-off, so that's the difference. 
All right, Sleep Ray. The target awakens if it takes damage or another creature takes an action to wake it. So Max, everyone behind you slams into the opposite wall and then falls asleep. Uh, It is now, I mean, we're going all the way around the horn back to you, actually. Everyone else just loses their turn. All right, all right. Uh, I've had better turns than this, I'm not going to (laughs) lie. Yeah, that that was just a wild dice ride there. Hmm. 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 Um. Gosh, I'm trying to think of like the best way to to deal with this because I'm like, I I can't wake up everyone with a single action, right? I don't know. Do you have an AOE, very light little punch you could do? Hmm. Yeah, I would let you wake everyone up if you did a dangerous maneuver that hurt everyone. Did Yaush get knocked out or hurt? Uh, because you crit on the medicine check, uh, Yaush is like stable on the ground, like mm-hmm. rolling with all the cords and tubes attached. Mm-hmm. If you had like rolled poorly, he might be in much more danger of dying. Like he's not having a great time, but he's okay. I put him in a gyroscope. <laughs> all right. I, so if for these maneuvers you're talking about, would that be my action to do that? Would it be some other sort of action to pull that off or... Yeah, it's just it would be your turn. If you use your turn to, to barrel roll everyone around the the inside of the shuttle, hurting them, but waking them up. All right. I'm trying to do this as I'm trying to do as delicate of a barrel roll as possible to jostle people awake, basically here. So what would you like for me to roll to attempt that? Uh just your pi- pi- your pistol piercing damage, whatever you rolled on me to damage me. Uh okay. That is seventeen damage. Owls, I was sweeping. Um, what Max will do as a bonus action after doing that is deploy a heal drone into the center of the ship to heal people. So that's something that can be that's something that can be pinged off um, at the beginning of anyone's turn is adjacent to them. Yeah, so. Yes, it's still the Otyug constellation. Um, we're back to the enemy ship's turn. Uh, everyone's awake now. Uh, the two rays are going to be a Wisdom and a Dex. Let's start with uh, Wisdom. Uh, 21. Ooh, crit. 16. 11. All right. The uh, this, this charm ray is going to be uh, ineffective on everyone but uh, Trizzy. Who, uh, you are charmed. Uh (laughs) Laura did this to me in every Beholder fight. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, now now I get to experience not getting to take turns for multiple turns in a row. It's not so fun when I have to do it. But yes, the two eye tyrant ships are like flying around the Tully formation, just flashing it over and over with different beams um, that they have. And they, each one has to recharge. So they can't continue. We just disintegrate, 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 or they would. Uh, the other one is slow. So decks to be slowed. Uh, does that include me who is charmed? Uh, yeah. 25. Nice. Uh, 10. Is, 29. What did you say this one was? Damn. Decks. Yes. Uh, nine. Yep, Buf- Bufer and Trizzy are slowed. Tr- and Trizzy now, tri- has been hit by every single beam so far. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. You're just a, you're just there. Just be like Ryan Gosling seven, uh, George Clooney fourteen. All my passwords. I'm just giving them out. Uh, no, no, no. You... I'm charmed now, which means that I'm like, oh, I bet you wouldn't want to look at my internet search results by <laughs> typing in my password. Don't look. These are secret. Oh. 
unfortunately, you are you are going to lose your turn, uh, and we're at Buford. What do you do? Uh, okay, Buford is going to uh, like slot his arm into a like a mechanical contraption that just hooks him up directly to the claw, and he's gonna start swinging at the one uh, Max had already raked with the uh, lasers. Nice. Oh, I got just remembered it does not work over there. Uh, plus <laughs> twelve. I didn't. I didn't hit it this time. At the very least, uh, crit. Holy Christ! Uh oh. And uh, thirty. Dan, you, you're stealing all. You're stealing all the crits tonight. I can't get a good roll because <laughs> you're getting crits left, right, and center. Yeah, this is beginning to feel like one of those episodes of a show which like features one character very prominently. People will be like, "Oh, this is a Buford episode." <laughs> Okay, uh, uh, 4d10 plus uh, 7, uh, nah, not great, and then uh, another 2d10 plus 7. Uh, whatever amount that is, I have a calculator. <laughs> 44. Sure, uh, if you say so. Uh, 44 damage. Uh, yeah, Buford, <laughs> Buford like sluggishly drags himself over to the to the claw console, slots it like detaches his regular arm and just slots himself kind of into the wall, and then uh, grabs uh, the one of the tyrant ships by like the tail, I guess the the what would be like the retina uh, veins, and just starts swinging it through space and uh, hurling it against uh, debris. Oh shit. So you, you just swing it around and around, you're not even damaging the ship itself, you just turn everyone inside of the ship into salsa? Just yeah. through centrifugal force? Yeah. <laughs> okay, that's a nasty way to go. Uh, and then you just release the fully intact ship to float, uh, uh, you know, senselessly away. And, uh, that's, that's brutal. We're at Cecilia, there's now one undamaged ship bombarding uh, the Tully with lasers. Yeah, uh, I wanna... I assume there's, like, regular guns on this ship. Like a nor like a normal laser. Everything doesn't have to be like a, a giant ice cream beam or a fucking claw machine <laughs> hand. You say that, but uh, we yeah, have free to make up anything. anything else, but the but same, yeah. There's a normal ass gun that I'm going to fire because while all this wild and crazy kid shit is going on, I just want to shoot a normal ass little like laser at this guy. Thirty. And they never expect the little laser, so I'd get sneak attack damage. <laughs> yep, rogues. <laughs> like oh, I, I sneakily shoot you in the face. Yes, exactly. I'm just I'm just imagining Cecilia like opening the <laughs> opening the hatch and firing at with her little pistol. Yeah, forty one damage. Holy Christ! Yeah, you shoot a just a big hole right through the center of it. It does, it's not dead, but al alarms inside of the the turret start blaring uh, as you know you have critically damaged it. And then I want Max, to back to you. Shout back into the mic in deep speech, like, "All right, now what, motherfuckers? Can we go now, <laughs> assholes?" All right, uh, Max will do uh, take two shots off to try and cool them off completely. That's uh, a crit. Oh my god. And a 13. Um, so that is a 35 damage. The beholders uh, yell back in Dee's speech, no quarter for collectivist scum. And then fucking uh, Max, paint me a picture of you uh, John Wicking the ship with yours. Uh, yeah, so basically, like, uh, they say no, you know, no, no quarter for collectivist scum. They line up to do one of the eye... 
eye rays, and then uh, Max basically just lines up and does like the impossible of shooting the ice beam into their beam, and it just sort of like, and so it basically just compact. Uh, it basically uh, jams and then ruptures uh, from the shot. Oh, so does the tyrant explode and freeze solid at the same time? So it's frozen into like an explosive sculpture in space. Because mm-hmm. it's like the eye is like popping from the explosion, and then the ice beam it also like just freezes solid, like all of the liquid and the whole thing. And there's no air in space, so I think it just like creates this strange like uh, a fucking art piece. <laughs> True. Trizzy's just in the background of this going, no one will ever realize the command override for the ship is bootylicious. <laughs> this is a bootylicious override. <laughs> Trizzy can get some more healing in the in the aftermath of this. Mather cool. is, is going to go over to Yashipak. I go, boo boo, can I have a hot dog? Oh, Yash uh, puts a hot dog uh, bandage on you. Oh, no. Oh, well. <laughs> oh, I sure hope this doesn't awaken any feelings. <laughs> We're a family. A hot dog family. Oh, hot dog family. It's so cute. All right, yes, everyone's going to bandage them up. Uh, why don't you walk me through your healing resources? What are the hit dice like at this point? Because it's been a long arc. You're double mm-hmm. healing, but yeah. I'm just I'm just taking a survey here. All right, so with the heal drone that Max deployed, I just did a bunch of rolls. That's 40 hit points of healing they can deploy to everyone else. Is that already terms... with the, the doubling uh, That's with the for. doubling. That's with the doubling accounted for, yes. Okay. Uh, so what a... I mean... Uh, Max has four hit dice remaining right now. Um, I wouldn't say no to taking a chunk of that 40. Um, that would, that would replenish most of what I took getting bumped around that ship. I think the only other person that took damage was Buford? Uh, yes, I'm sitting at 88 right now. Oh, okay, yeah, I'll take that whole 40 then, if that's alright, because that will bring me up to still less than Buford. (laughs) Alright, so anything else happening here? You're all bandaging yourselves up, you're getting everything ready, making repairs. Uh, the ship had only one damaging beam hit it, the uh, disintegration ray, and I think, Trizzy, you probably need to make some repairs. I don't know how you f- uh, feel about being charmed and stuff. Wendy, I always had her act, like, really mad afterward, but I don't know how I, you feel. Uh, I th- I think Trizzy is more concerned about the sheer number of passwords she's been spouting. I think the, the, the charm... Like, she didn't get an opportunity to fuck anything up too badly. She's just mainly like, oh god, oh god, I really shouldn't. I really shouldn't have given the password to that one ice cream machine that we locked because it had the bleach flavor ice cream. Like, I should. Oh, fuck. No, no one needs the bleach flavor ice cream, but like, that password's out there now. Someone's, someone's gonna, someone's gonna want to try it. Hey, Twizzy, can I drink the bleach? No, no. Forget you ever heard. Forget you ever heard the password. <laughs> you definitely don't know that the password is bleach is secretly the best ice cream flavor. You don't know that password. I typed one of the things you say into the phone, and now all I see are butts. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that'll happen. That that'll that'll happen. <laughs> is it made with bleach or does it just taste like bleach? These are two so, very So, look, the manufacturer will insist it is artificial bleach flavor only, 
but the number of people who had it and then got ill suggests otherwise. Now, maybe it was just so delicious they had too much of it and that's why they got ill. I am not taking any chances. There was the whole bleach drinking challenge thing for a little bit in the early days of the Razubian. We had to lock it down after that just to be safe, you know? Everyone wanted to be a star. You know, speaking of dangerous uh, dessert products, have you ever actually looked at any of these ice cream dispensers? It doesn't say ice cream in any of the menus. You know, you know our motto. You scream, we scream, we all scream for Lickham's dairy-flavored supplements. It's not, you know, I mean, it's in the name. <laughs> dairy is in quotes. I, I will say, as someone who almost completed the cone gauntlet, that I'm glad there wasn't a bleach dispensary in that in that chain. That would have probably made things even harder. Yeah, this is this is why we have um like uh, BB and PC uh, on the on the rankings board for the, the ice cream gauntlet because you've got post bleach or before bleach. You got you've got the two different eras of leaderboard. It was a very different game back in the day. Yeah, I, I voted for it to be a PM for post mortem. <laughs> all right so you're all talking about the different ice cream uh situations um when you see on sensors the planet hakatha come up on sensors you're, you're getting there um basically you had to teleport to a certain distance away and then come in under like impulse power um and the first thing you notice about it is that habitable planets are usually on a kind of spectrum from blue to green which is, you know, water and biology. Uh, this appears to be like a whitish gray, which is concerning. It's <laughs> as, as people who have spent a lot of time in space, uh, you find that this uh, troubling like right off the bat. Is this like a nuclear winter ash wasteland? Uh, roll nature to know if this is a nuclear ash wasteland. <laughs> God damn, I'm doing it in the wrong spot again. Dan is trying to summon something by putting it in the wrong section. Dan, are you just getting all the bad rolls out in the other thing where it doesn't count and that so that you can have all your good rolls it's, here? It's a mix. I got I got an eight on Beyond 20 and got a 21 here, and the other time I got a botch here and a 24 on the other side. Yeah. I, I don't know what's going on there, Dan, but uh all I know is that Max ain't ain't no shit. They they rolled a three, so. All right, 18 and 21, the group passes, and I'm going to tell you, Buford, uh, your, your first thought is, like, oh, is this a nuclear wasteland? And you check the uh, you know Geiger counter on the ship, and it doesn't respond, which leads you to believe that this uh, planet has been completely decimated by kinetic bombardment. Uh, I assume, you know, Buford definitely knows what this means, which is just, like, uh, instead of using uh, devices which have, like, a you know, fissile material which causes an explosion, mm -hmm. they just dropped huge pieces of metal, usually, like, a tungsten rod. Oh, from rods orbit. from gods. Rods from God, yep. Uh, this is a theoretical kind of weapon. It's much cheaper uh, to just drop things and let gravity sort it out. Uh, and it's very, very hard to stop because you, you can't really, there's no guidance system to lock onto. It can be deployed at any time, anywhere, basically. Uh, it's pretty uh, final. Uh, and this, I think that you can just like look at the planet and like figure out that this is a species who refuses to cooperate with each other refuses to build society in any meaningful way um, and just it led to endless wars and they have just made their planet a hellish landscape of pain and misery uh, and that's all, every the grayish white color is just that the surface has been scoured by uh, orbital bombardment 
Yep, the galaxy's heroes right here. Everyone's going to be lining up to cheer them on. It's rare that you find a group that exterminatuses themselves. <laughs> yeah, but I, th I think, plus, you know, that crit you did earlier on the medical care and stuff, I think Yaush floats over and just says, like, I am trying to avoid this. This is, this is what happens when we w don't work together, when we don't have a hero to rally around. Why, why would we trust a species so incapable of working together that they do this? to be the ones to come together and not just do this to the whole universe. Why would we do this to the whole universe if they love us? Yeah, and what and what happens when one of us doesn't love what you're doing? Do do you just do this again until we fall in line? Is that the plan? I'm open to hearing alternatives if you have them. Uh and Yaosh, you know, punches in some codes on the console to bring uh, the Tully down because there's like a specific place he's going. But like genuinely, as he like floats over and sits down next to the, you know, the uh, IV stand and the beeping EKG machine and everything, he like looks at you all like genuinely, do you have another plan? Let, let's, let's give you the benefit of the doubt for one second that like you altruistically want what you claim to want. How would you feel about someone else being the figurehead everyone rallies behind? Like, do you actually want this because you want everyone to rally together, or do you want this because you're the figurehead and it has to be you because you're doing this for you? I mean, how much longer is there even going to be a me? He says, like, you know, spitting blood onto the floor. I was the figurehead because no one else would do it. But if, if another me would have... If would have floated up, I would have followed them. Like me? <laughs> yeah, yes, like like you. Hot <gasps> dog family. <laughs> you ever say, uh, you, you ever hear the term walk before you can run? Oh, you don't have legs. Um. <laughs> Do you ever have the, the phrase float slowly before you float quickly? <laughs> <laughs> have you ever heard check yourself before you shrek yourself what are we doing here <laughs> maybe before you try to i don't know completely rework how your society functions you could think about the fact that you literally referred to your own child and compared it to fecal matter about 20 minutes ago mathers is gonna float up to buford and be like, am i poopy <laughs> nah you're you're great kid you're, you're the security officer. That's a very hard job. I know. I had it. Can I drink you? I don't have blood anymore. Oh. And he's going to stick a little hot dog sticker on your cheek. Yao <laughs> uh, uses telekinesis beam to pick up one of the spare blood packs from the medical stuff and uh, bring it over to Mathers. Uh, but in a, in a not, not like I like you, Baka, way. <laughs> um... Dwink? Not, not, not like I care about my fecal matter, God. Dwink? <laughs> yeah, it's a, for you. Just just not, just drink it. Meow, meow, meow. I don't know <laughs> what sound he makes when he drinks, but... Uh -huh. <laughs> it's probably not great for, uh, what's what's that thing? Misophonia? The thing oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's probably a slurp-adjacent noise. Like, uh, like yeah, a really, just... <laughs> really loud slurping through a straw sound, no matter what, just... 
obnoxious. <laughs> Yash says, you all speak to me like I had all the time in the world. I was radicalized by having a time bomb put in my head. I did not have the luxury of careful planning. I was... Yeah, but... My hand was... My, yeah, but... My eye stalk was forced. Yeah, but your response to things were done to me without my consent that I hated was, let's go do a bunch of shit to other people without their consent that they hate. Like, you're perpetuating the cycle of abuse here. Every known sapient culture has practiced troop conscription for thousands of years. Don't act like I did something beyond the pale. I raised an army like humans and elves and goblins have done many times before. I don't blame you, because it's exactly what I would have done. Really thought there was going to be a butt to that. Yeah, well, this, <laughs> he had an entire conversation with Yaush exactly about this, so he just looks at him after that. Yeah, like, yeah Trizzy was not around for that. That's what Trizzy's now just mildly concerned. No, no, I like that. Trizzy's like, wait, what? <laughs> um, as you see up ahead of you, uh, the Tully has descended uh, down through the atmosphere of the planet uh it is like extremely messed up obviously all like the major landmarks of like buildings and stuff have been completely flattened or like skeletonized by uh the blasts the blasts that racked the planet um but you see that yash is taking you to some kind of uh what appears to be the entrance to an underground structure um and if once you see that yash says my lair on the planet is a Obviously had to be a bunker. We adapted to underground life millennia ago. It's the only way to avoid becoming a target. I, if you don't want to be perceived as the villain, friend, like maybe don't call it a lair. <laughs> yeah, this I mean, this I'm just, uh, yeah. I mean, obviously, but I think it's funny that yeah, Beholder's like canonical culture is making underground layers, and like yeah. in Gygax's imagination, it's just like they're evil. They love being creepy little underground freaks. But yeah, I'm I'm like, no, they have to uh, stay off of orbital radar so they don't get immediately uh, blasted. Yeah, I'm I'm just saying they got a branding issue. <laughs> they do. Listen, I mean, Laura, is that not the the, the like main motif of the season from the PR no, no. of the Azubian? No, you are one hundred percent correct. But you know, I can, I can, I can still, I can still tell you your messaging's not on point. Well, I mean, last episode we spent a lot of time talking about the the optics of uh, aligning with the mind flares, and I mean, even as I say optics, uh, the Yash looks at you with a bunch of eye stalks. I mean, it's all it's all there. Yeah, no one, no one has ever had a good reason to have to say the word optics. Hmm. <laughs> um, there's a beeping sound from the control panel as the uh, bunker pings the Tully for some kind of code. Yash punches it in, and uh, uh, a hatch opens up, like as if to go into an underground uh, hangar. Like he's just, he's bringing the shuttle into this blast bunker. Uh, if you want to say or do anything before the ship goes inside, now's the time. But he said, like, I'm taking you somewhere that no one else could have interfered with. So that, like, because if I just, like, uh, went to the past, left a message on a whiteboard that said, like, my plan worked, <laughs> like, someone could erase it in the intervening years, obviously. He has to take you somewhere secure. 
Yeah, Buford's only real contribution would be, I think we kind of heavily implied that this is where we were going, but I could just say it out loud and suggest that, well, if you're potentially going to die before you even succeed and you want beholders to be seen as heroes, uh, your kid is right there and primed to go into the past. That's me. (laughs) Yash says, maybe that would work, but... What could he do besides carry out my plan, which you already hate? I don't hate saving the world or trying to integrate beholders. I hate that your end goal is genocide. It's not genocide. It's ostracization. It's what the Mind Flayers are doing to us. If they join the galactic community, collectivism will completely alienate all of the individualist beholders. There can never be peace if the illithids are accepted first. But what if we gave them hot dogs and then they'd be part of a hot dog family? Well, write that down. That's one plan. We'll call that plan H for hot dog family. Uh, oh, it's gonna be a lot. I'm gonna need that one back, Buford. <laughs> He's gonna take the hot dog sticker back. <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna want to reapply the glue to it. It's it's been used already. This is also Austin like gesturing to you all that as we enter like the last arc, that like start thinking about what could you do to achieve the kind of you know ending or victory you want. Right now, there's a couple of plates spinning. There's the illithids of a war and the beholders. Uh, struggle for acceptance and I don't know if there is a correct answer I didn't go into this with a thing I'm expecting but if there's any you know plans or ideas uh, now might be a time to throw them around so Trizzy Trizzy will get to throw in some of those out but she is busy right now changing the bootylicious password to badonkadonk instead because no one's ever going to (laughs) crack that code Uh in your ideal world where you have succeeded are beholders still acting as individualists? Is that what you want, but they're part of society? You can't control what a beholder will do. It's every one of them thinks of themselves as unquestionable. But if they're beloved heroes, people will accept that. We've you your culture always makes exceptions for geniuses and heroes yeah it really seems like you think the problem is like us not accepting you being assholes when like <laughs> it's within your power to like be less of an asshole like you can come meet us in the middle of it and you know be less of an asshole and the people will go oh hey you're not you're not as bad as uh, you're not so bad Max is just sitting here thinking like, well, listen, why would why would why are individualists who don't want to integrate have a problem with being ostracized and excluded? I don't understand. Like I'm sitting here thinking like you want to be a left alone. You're being left alone systemically. Isn't that an ideal outcome? No, just, but I mean, just, some beholders definitely. But uh, with their their beholder fear is because with the illithid empire joining everyone else, then it's just everyone versus them. It's just like you don't want to be the last person. Like you don't want to lose uh, when like the music stops and there's uh, everyone but you has a chair. You 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 don't 
You don't actually want it, you just don't want someone else to have it. The Mind Flayer Empire conquered worlds for millions of years before you came along and got them to uh, got some of them to hug it out. They have snuffed out stars. You have no idea what having them as an enemy is like. In your lifetime, you've only ever known a tiny sliver of them who are trying to play act friendliness. But but you know what? That's more than you're trying to do. That's more that's more than the beholders bring to the table right now. Like sure, both of you have been pretty terrible to the rest of space for a long time. Can you blame us for wanting to ally with the ones who are trying to compromise and understand where our concerns are from and meet us in the middle? Yash turns to Mathers and says, do you hear that? The goblin says, you're not bringing anything to the table. No, Mathers is bringing things to the table. You're bringing the hot dog plan, the hot dog family plan. You're great. I'm the security officer. Yeah, yeah. Yonder West. Okay, Trizzy is going to put her hands out to be arrested. <laughs> See? And then we'll take him to prison and to serve... Well, actually, no, we're not supposed to do that because incarceration is indentured <laughs> servitude. So, actually, just if they're nice, then they can go and we live in peace. Look what you've done. You fucked up this eye. You took a perfectly good vampire and you, give it, you gave it anxiety. Good job. Again, if you wanted to fuck up this eye in your way, you shouldn't have referred to it as feces and thrown it out. What's anxiety? It's that feeling you have inside of you that you aren't the best. It's the one thing that our culture has avoided above all else. Oh no, but I am the best. I'm the best security guard aboard the Zubia. Alright, your instincts are still intact. That's why I get to wear this little that's that's why I get to wear the vest. Only the best can wear it. <sighs> if you're the best, you wear the vest. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. Have you tried daddy to just get good? <laughs> <laughs> that's like a skill issue. <laughs> Uh, all right, the Tully has entered the bunker. Uh, the the hatch closes behind you, and you find yourself in a, a dark underground hangar. There's some other uh, dusty ships in here. It seems like you know, a, like a rebel base in part of a, like a you know a galactic war. But no no one seems to be here. There are the eye tyrants that you fought, like some some of those kind of ships here, but they they have not been used in a while. Um, and you you set the ship down. So what are we uh what are we looking for here? Well, I haven't done it yet, so I don't know what message would you like me to leave or what proof would you like me to lead to leave? It, my proof will be probably at the inner part of my sanctum. What should it be? What testament do you think would actually speak to your people? Like, this is supposed to be the inspiring visage that carries off throughout all beholders. Like, what will you say that all of them follow along with? See, I can just tell you something I know is already here, 
and then use it as proof that I won. It only works if it comes from you. Hot dog sticker. Yeah, big hot dog. Okay, um... Oh my god, fuck me. <laughs> I can't believe we we walked ass backwards <laughs> right into that. It, it, would, it would definitely make sense if it's something that you don't <laughs> like to write down normally. So, yeah, put me in the ring for hot dog. Yeah, actually, Buford will look at Yash and say, if, it, if you got what you wanted and it made you happy, leave that sticker intact. If not, rip it in half. Oh my god. Oh. Uh, all right. Um, so you all get out of the shuttle. You're in the, this hangar here. Uh, do you want to do any sort of investigation of this area? Sure. Sure, yeah. I mean, for offering. Mm hmm. Um, what? Investigation check? Uh, 25. 12. Uh, 7. Um. 24. All right, 21 and 24, the group succeeds. Uh, Trizzy, you to go look around at the ships here, you know, just check, um, you know, just uh, the basics of the the outside. You don't you don't go fully under the hood or anything, but you see that all of these ships have been prepared with weapons, like these were ready to go if, uh, you know, someone found them. Uh, and there are uh, signs that they have been uh, somewhat recently uh, worked on what I'll say is like they are a little dusty like they haven't been used but they're not ancient these are not from uh, if you're thinking about like oh uh, going back in time <laughs> to like dinosaur times or something and leaving ships here uh, so this is like uh, from Yausha's recent um, you know military concerns uh, with the 24 the thing I want to give you here is that um, like you know Yausha is building this war machine of people with like levees that's what the whole thing with the um the four myth situation, you know, like gathering, gathering people with four myth that he stole from the Sirlons and stuff. But also they have this whole other war thing and they, you know, we, you just fought some eye tyrants on the way in. So I think it would be even fair to say just like the Illithids are kind of in a civil war of their culture. The beholders are as well. Where's that hot dog, you floating bitch. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, you say that as Chizzy's looking at these ships, and Yash like floats down a stairway deeper into uh, the bunker. Uh, he's gonna take you like through a couple rooms, uh, and you know you're gonna have a chance to look through each one. I'll say that you have thoroughly searched this one, um, and you, like the military applications of these are uh, what are you know open for discussion here. If you want to ask any questions about it, um, does anybody want to talk to? Yaush by themselves right now because uh, we had the beginning Buford had a chance to like talk to Yaush one on one and there was that group scene but if while well, Trizzy is surveying uh, the, the landing pad if anybody else wants to have a one on one here now would be a good time uh, hey so you know I'm not entirely against what you have in like a grand scheme like my goal here is to try to resolve peace, and ideally it would be wonderful if we could reach some sort of peaceful situation with the Beholders as well. Yes, communication officer. You have two civil wars on your hands, and all you have is a sword, a baby, and a clown. What are you gonna do? I have nunchucks as well. They're not with me right now, but I do have them. And 
I also have a long lifetime of experience. Like, it's kind of hard to access it all, but like, it's kind of in there. You know, like little flashes and stuff like that, and I could say that you're not the first Beholder I've ever met. Well, you're still alive, so it must not have been a very impressive Beholder. Some of the other ones could be pretty cool, you know? I mean, everybody seems to have a little bit of, like, an isolation level to them, but, I mean, there's a difference between being a little bit, like, introverted and, you know, wanting to kill other races because you feel threatened by them. You say that like it's irrational. Like, <laughs> the Mind Flayers haven't actively been killing for millennia. Like, they don't do slavery on an industrial scale. No, I agree. There are a lot of problematic elements that need to be addressed, but that is what this process is all about. We can either choose to bring things to a talking point and try to reach a point where we're not aggressively against each other, or we can let ourselves be hung up on details and not let any progress be made. So I asked your group if you had any plans to bring peace to the galaxy. And the only ones I've heard so far are Hot Dog Family, and everyone talks it out. How do you see that going? We get Dracus and Admiral Grice and myself and one of the rabid individualists who tried to shoot us down, and the four of us sit in a room with you mediating. How do you, where do you think that goes? Oh. Oh god, no. Dracus probably is going to die. I mean, fascists usually don't like to come to the table, and they die. That's, you know, trust me, that's been a constant throughout my life. And not about that, you know. But, uh, there is still some level of communication that can happen here. I feel like uh, we're just ignoring the possibility that there is some way to manage a level of peace. How is Dracus going to die? In the war, how most people die. And who is going to kill him? He uh, at this point, uh, Yaush stops and like, uh, you know, like seems dizzy and is like kind of a little drooling and like is looking at you with the uh, eye stalks, not the central eye, but it's, like seems to have been struck by something about this conversation. Cecilia <laughs> uh, is gonna use a hand to help, like, kind of prop him up and be like. Well, if we follow historically how it tends to go, uh, he'll be killed by himself when he realizes he's about to lose. <laughs> uh, so no hero will strike him down. Well, there'll be a lot of heroes, but maybe not something that specific. It, can, it, it tends to change, you know? History can be uh, pretty surprising at times. It seems like such a waste to not create some kind of great heroic myth around the death of your enemy. Are you a big fan of, like, myths and mythologies? I'm a big fan of heroes. That's what the Surlon understand. Saving the essence of heroes creates a powerful legacy that endures longer than any building or any custom. 
I perhaps have a bit of a skewed perceptive uh, perception on all of this because despite the fact that I have lived for a very long time, I've generally not made a ton of impact on the world because it seems like it is better to stay kind of under the radar, use pseudonyms, if you're going to impact something, do it from the shadows, you know, I don't want to plaster my entire face over history for all time's sake, you know? And what has that accomplished? The long life. That is not an option for me. Uh, Yao, you know, taps the head wound with an eye stalk. Hmm. And what if you went back in time and stopped yourself from getting this head wound? (laughs) Seems like a great way to be vaporized by an inevitable. Let's not worry about that. Unless you live your life in the shadows. I just, I feel like we kind of talked about this. You just don't have to put the spotlight on yourself. The inevitables correct the people who make these big dramatic moments, right? The, the, The right person would want to kill the villain because it's the right thing to do, not because they can use it as a means to establish their definitely goodness. And to be worshipped as, as you know, for for a thing that they definitely did not just to be perceived well. Uh, Yash moves into the next room, and you all eventually follow, and you find yourself in what appears to be campaign headquarters. Uh, there are like huge maps of like you know the the local system, but also of the planet that you're on. Uh, there's all kinds of uh, I was gonna say paperwork. I wonder if the holders you would use paper because they don't have hands to write, but they probably have some kind of uh, technology they can interact with with their their telekinesis. Um, but there's like a big table with like dozens of of um, spaces around it. I have to be very careful. I almost said chairs. They don't have butts. <laughs> Can't sit. You you suggest you suggested a writing system that isn't writing on paper, and all I could think of was using telepathy to move around those little fridge magnets that works. <laughs> yeah, um, I don't know if you, you all want to do anything here, but this is interesting because there's a lot of um, it seems like organization, and there were a lot of people involved. The idea of like two beholders in a room uh, would strike you as strange. A room where they were having huge meetings is like bananas to you. I feel like beholders would like hammocks. Just kind of oh, yeah. just hanging them. Oh, <laughs> that's great. Yeah, Trizzy's going to chime in and go, It, correct me if I'm wrong, it looks like Beholders have previously tried to band together and do a unified thing. Trizzy, you catch up to Yaush, and now you're kind of talking to him while the rest of the party looks around. Um, when you say that, Yaush telekinetically pulls over a big poster uh, to you, which has like him pre-head wound looking magnificent. And it says like, unity, stronger together in uh, Quaalith or something, which is like the written uh, mind flare language that you know some um, space species use uh, when they need to write something down. But it's like, it was uh, basically it's a political poster for like, we should all, be- we should all band together and... Uh, he looks much happier before having a tadpole uh, rammed into his skull. It's the Obama Hope poster, but with him. One hundred percent. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Tr- Trizzy looks at this and looks back and and just says to Yaush, 
I always assumed it was the tadpole in there that was making you want to work with other people. No. Dracus targeted me because I was building an army. He wanted me to become a mind witness, a combination of mind flayer and beholder, because mind witnesses control everyone else in their network. So my movement, my army would have become his army. It was a brilliant move, in fact. I guess not to be surprising, he is, after all, a giant brain. So... You were never opposed to unity. I mean, after I was first born, I suppose, I <laughs> I also fought my creator, um, turned, turned them to stone. In fact, I'm sure eventually they escaped. And, you know, I fought my own kind for a while, but seeing <laughs> the surface of the planet, it's unbreathable air, it's dead biosphere, I... I don't know that I have the same understanding of the world as you. <laughs> I don't know if we would use the same words to describe the society I envision, but no, I, this isn't. I, I want something better than this. It throws away the poster in telekinetic disgust. Yeah, and and Trizzy Trizzy looks for a second and just just says. I really think you have more in common with the Illithids than you want to admit. If only we could all be mind witnesses. Half Illithid, half Beholder. That would solve it. Is that the next plan? I mean... Look... <laughs> I'm not saying we force everyone to, to, to be part Illithid, part Beholder... Clearly not a thing that, that, you know, is going to be enjoyed by everyone, but look at what the Illithids are trying to do at the moment. Some of them are taking bodies that, you know, were created entirely out of magic. Some are taking bodies that are, you know, made out of machinery. Some are still doing the cultural practices that they've done for forever. And there is an understanding that is starting to grow among more of soul that some illithids are making that effort to meet in the middle and some aren't and that's okay and you know it's not ridiculous to see to think of a world in which we brought illithids and beholders to the table together and some illithids and beholders could find common ground with the idea of a mind witness, and I'm not saying, you know, that's an instant fix to this, but that's one idea of many that could maybe get there. I can't imagine you're alone in seeing more right away with the Illithids than you might want to admit. Why is that always your solution? You've encased yourself in a robot. Your teammate ripped all of his organs out. The, everyone is changing themselves to meet everyone else. I am. Per, I was perfect the way I was. Why don't you all change to be me? And again, I'm not saying we can't. 
we don't yet right now know a way that you know illithids could be it could change to be more beholder you know like the opposite of a mind witness that's not to say that someone couldn't come up with that we didn't have magic or mechanical illithid bodies you know always someone had to go could this way of meeting in the middle help cross that divide and someone had to come up with an idea rather than just going why 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 you know why are you not doing it this way someone has to go okay well what better way is there and come up with those answers i've seen people in the audience ask if it was like an intentional thing that laura and i planned with like vampirism uh clownism lycanthropy uh, like every every uh you know thing in the season kind of going to this transhumanist um idea and i don't think it was intentional it might have just something in the something in the water <laughs> No, but it's it, it's one of those when when the idea up front was that we were going to be dealing a lot with like uh, species that like you know we're dealing a lot with the illithids and illithids by their nature you know f- physical forms are very important to them you know it just just kind of fit. Um, can I get uh, can I get survival to look around this uh, campaign headquarters here? Uh, 23. Seven. Uh, one second. Four. All right, 23. Uh, Max, you succeeded, and uh, Trizzy, you succeeded in the last room, so I actually want to give you both something. I think you find a part uh, on one of the ships, Trizzy, that you realize can be uh, added to your weapon in some way. I mean, you're, you're wielding uh, Bill Webb's knife right now as your, like, melee weapon. What do you think you could add to that uh, to give it another plus one? I believe it's already a plus one weapon, so if you want to make it a plus two, you can do that. And similarly, Max, if there's something you can find to upgrade your main melee weapon by plus one. Melee weapon? Or your your main weapon, the weapon you use when you fight. <laughs> I was going to say, like, yeah. Because um. I, I want to know what everyone's current main weapon's plus thing is, because the way the game is balanced is you to move up the pluses as we go up in levels for balance purposes. Yeah, I, I, th- I think I think what Trizzy would add to Bill's knife is just like maybe scavenging some parts to make like a little. Essentially, it's a battery strapped onto the handle of the knife with some wires going onto the blade, so it's just it's just gonna give you a little jolt as you get stabbed. Oh my gosh, uh, electro knife! Electro knife. Basically, what Max finds is one of the boards has a. It's there's a there is a chalkboard whiteboard type thing in front of a table with various parts and the schematics seem to suggest uh, what is effectively um, uh, uh, it's not it's not it, it's what it would be kind of called like the I was I was gonna say the true site but that's the name of a spell so I'm not gonna go but basically it's a modification for a firearm. That could be strapped onto one eye stock and then activated by another one peering through it there to activate. Oh, yeah. You find like someone's uh, magnifying glass or monocle, something they were reading closely with and used it as a sight on your gun. Right. That's basically what it becomes. Yes. Can everyone go around and everyone say what, what level your weapon is at? Pl- plus what? Uh, plus two. Plus two. Uh, plus two, effectively. Yeah. 
A plus two. I think it might supposed to be a plus three, but I don't remember. No, I think you upgraded your sword twice when you got the rainbow sword from Lisa, and then you picked sword for your last downtime. Mm-hmm. So everyone's at plus two. Okay, that wasn't intentional, and I made you roll for it, so I couldn't have even <laughs> stacked the deck yeah. if I wanted to. Um, Ma- Max, I was going to say, Max is going to comment on, I was going to just, Max has a thing they would want to talk about, maybe to the outro otherwise, but just sort of like contemplating on all this hero talk has just been a thing that's been rolling through their head, especially because of their time being part of Formith, which is in, ostensibly a hero making object in system there but i'm not sure when would be the right time to do yeah no that i mean uh beaufort talked with yash alone at the beginning and then trizzy just did now and cecilia did in the last room so as we move on to the next section uh deeper down into the bunker uh it's a great time for max to have this conversation uh because what you uh move into appear to be uh just like a a like mess hall, you know, in like a military installation, but has clearly been converted in some kind of medical situation. Like uh, Yash came back from having a tadpole jammed in his head and like tried to set up uh, some kind of, uh, you know, medical, uh, like a field hospital. And there's just like discarded, um, you know, uh, equipment here. Uh, it's like poorly used. You can tell that it like this, this stuff was put together quickly and without medical expertise um he was doing self-surgery by zapping himself so it's like kind of kind of grim but uh, it was like not always this um and that's what you all walk into next all right well as the party moves along the uh max ends up uh being near uh yaush while they're adjusting and setting up the modifications to their pistol a bit uh Looking at it, and we'll just idly comments like, "It really looked like you, everyone that was here was, you know, planning on doing a lot of things, whether it was for you know others' sakes or their own." But it reminds me a bit back of being back in, well, cadet school for uh, for Ardwing back at home. The idea of school is very funny to me. <laughs> Just a bunch of people who only want to kill each other in close proximity. It's like a torture scenario. You know, you've heard of these uh, horror films some cultures produce. It sounds like one of those. I mean, well, we we weren't interested in killing each other. I mean, the, the whole point from our work through there was to just understand the importance of what our values and beliefs were and why we, well, go out to basically engage in service work effectively, whether that requires force or whether that requires just mediation, medical work, research, you know. So... You know, I I hear you talking a lot about being a hero, but you know, what is you know is being a hero for you just about the the glory of it, or is it about the actions that you do as being one? Maybe my words in your language are different. You say glory. The word I use is love. That is what I want. 
uh, adoration. Yeah, I mean, there are there are individuals that I have ad- adoration for, you know, but I guess I I don't I don't see seeking that out as a means or a rationale for engaging in what I do is as important. You know, it's if people love me for what I do to help them, then that's fine. But I mean, that's not even why I chose to pick up Formith when I was presented the opportunity. It was just a desire to help. I have a feeling that you already know a bit of that from how you're investigating things through me. Okay. You're the world's most perfect altruist. You've never thought about yourself for a moment. You've only wanted to help. What would you do in my situation? What is your plan? We have hot dog family. We have sit down with everybody. We have fuck with time. What fox do you have for me? Axe will shrug a bit at that. It's like, I'm. if I was the type of person to have plans for these things, I would have, I would have been the type to go to become an officer, but I'm just simply a person who takes orders and does what they can with those orders to do well, even though I've messed up many times. All I can say is that our culture is based on our own sort of hero worship. We were collectively helped by other celestials at one point. And our that's the way the story goes, and that's part of why Ardwing exists to kind of perpetuate that extending help out sort of uh, mentality. So I don't know. I mean, is if the goal is to be uh, admired by everyone, then is there a way to accomplish what you want that includes the illithids in that? Not all of them, obviously. I've been you 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 saw me down out there with the with the ones that want to be traditionalists in their own rights. But is there a unity in your mind that includes illithids that want to unify as well? Can you find some camaraderie across the way? I have rolled a zero in chat here you can see my constitution save. You did a um, plus minus five, I think. Yeah, minus five. It's a minus five for constitute. Yeah. Oh, I thought I thought you canceled your own roll out. <laughs> it was a minus five modifier because he's dying, um, and Yaush, uh, you know, asks for your plan, and you say that you don't know exactly, and he uh, vomits blood onto the ground and begins wildly um, like cantering to the side as he you know crashes into a table, knocks it over. You know, bounces off the ground. He's basically having a seizure in front of you. Oh no, Daddy! Um. Hmm. <laughs> uh, Max is going to try to at least apply a cure wounds on Yaush immediately when that happens. Yeah. At this point, I will say that this is a zero. If we, if I had rolled better, maybe there would be something, but I'm just going to say this as clearly as possible. Yaush is dying in front of you. He uh, tries to float back up, can't do it. 
uh, f- like f- lands in some uh, broken furniture here in this what is this makeshift hospital, and all of you who are uh, like looking around while Max is having this conversation can rush over and you just see this beholder um, is going into shock. If anyone's got an emergency backup plan to keep this fucker alive, now might be the time. Uh, I can cast in, uh, what is it, uh, Bear's Endurance uh, to give him advantage on Constitution and uh, 2d6 temporary hit points. All right, so you jam this uh, syringe into the Beholder to try to stabilize him. I rolled a 2 and a negative 2, so with advantage still a 2. Um, uh, it just starts weeping blood. The light is going out of his eyes. I'm going to uh, say again, if Yaush dies... Everyone on the Rezubian dies. Point blank, no roll. Um, I mean, like, Max has a, I wouldn't say a last resort thing, but they do have a fourth level spell slot that they can expend to do something, but I'm not sure how much just throwing healing on Yaush will help on at this point. What would be qualified as dead? Like, is that like saying, oh, his heart stopped, they're checking vitals, or can they understand if, if Yaush is still who he is? Like, is it the body? Is it the mind? Like, what are they tracking, essentially? That's a great question. I think you do not know. I think that could have come up in a conversation, uh, but at this point, just none of your characters know. Because I still have that, that illithid tadpole. And we shove it inside and it eats his brain like he himself shouldn't die. Like his body will still persist. Well, isn't the whole point of that tadpole that he will still be him because he won't be taken over by a different personality? Yeah, I think we have hung two Chekhov guns on the mantle. We have the blank tadpole from King Humongous, which will turn you into a mind witness. And we have the uh, Full Moon Protocol. Was it the Full Moon Project? Uh, Full Moon Protocol. The Full Moon Protocol, which will turn him into a werewolf. Both of these are uh, no-roll solutions, but will obviously have consequences. Yes, I think the concern with the werewolf idea is that if 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 that healing factor is as strong as it was the last time we dealt with the uh, the lycanthropes, what if that brain repairs itself enough for the tadpole to go, oh, there's no longer a barrier stopping me getting to the rest of the brain, eats the brain, Yaush is taken over. Like, I think if we do the werewolf plan, it's not going to be Yaush in there on the other side. I yeah I I Austin like both of these I think him being a werewolf is cool I, I mean the thing about werewolfism is that when you're not transformed you're just yourself but fat, but healed and yeah and we also have a um, what is it uh, uh, suppressant for it um and if we're I, I guess it's hard to like I guess quantify like uh someone undergoing seramorphosis as i know in standard D there's time you can stop it ahead of time um but it's also like is this like the equivalent of someone who is pregnant and then that gets into uh, the complicated ethical debates oh yeah this is the episode of uh complicated ethical debates <laughs> yeah uh, Bu- Buford would absolutely say if you can save yaush and he's okay with being a mind witness yeah you remove the tadpole 
Yeah, I think say Cecilia is going to reach into her pocket and grab the the tadpole and say, "All right, the motherfucker, you're going to get to be the hero you wanted, I guess." And now I'm going to push the tadpole in. I don't know what the best way to do it. Do I like push it into his mouth, like into the eye? How do I? What's the best <laughs> way? To do I mean, I, yeah, I guess you're basically performing surgery. I mean, there there already is a tadpole in there, so we're they were confirming oh, that you're killing I, that one. Can I stab him in further than that other tadpole's gotten, and then push my little guy through like really fast? Yeah, whatever you want. Yeah, I want to stab him like it's like a big surgical thing, and then I just push my little guy in. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I th- the way this works is that when you put the tadpole inside of Yao, she you know starts convulsing. Um, it's having like a full body spasm um, and then eventually goes limp as seromorphosis begins. This is a pro- process that can take a while. So he becomes um, like catatonic on the floor, not moving. Um, is, he, is he breathing? Uh, yeah. All right. I, I feel like we maybe need like. We need a couple teams right here. We need one, one, one lot of us to keep, you know, make sure this one, either just like drag him with us or just make sure he keeps breathing, keep that heart pumping. Um, I can, I, I could put, I could use it, I could use one of my healing drones on him to try to you know, resuscitate them as well while they're doing the ceremorphosis. But, cause, yeah, cause if, if we keep heading in here, I, I think, I think the best plan right now is, we go in and look for that hot dog sticker, because if it's here, this succeeded. Well, if it's... Well, no. If Yaush dies here, we're screwed either way. So, I don't think necessarily we have to go without him. We should probably be considering what are we going to do when he wakes up. Because I have... I think you've all given him a plan. I've got two ideas. One, what I would do as a gut instinct, and granted most of my plans lately have been biting me, you pit the hardline individualist beholders against the revanchist mind flayers, and you get them to kill each other and form an alliance between the less individualist beholders and the uh, new illithids. I mean, that's, that's, that's not a bad first plan. Or two, if Yaush wants to be beloved, be seen as a hero, have adoration. There's no one I ever loved more than my parents. And I'm pretty sure Mathers would probably love Yaush. I love daddy. See? (laughs) He's getting more tentacles. Are you suggesting we we try and get Yaush to like back down from this whole plan by like, hey, you've already got a baby that loves you, therefore you're loved, therefore you don't need to time travel and fuck up the timeline. I'm suggesting that if he wants to find true love, adoration, and change his his people's ideology, he has a start here. You are a lot better at plans than you are giving yourself credit for. That's that's some pretty good plans, I think. 
Okay. In either case, should I be trying to do some first aid on Yaoshir in the interim? Yeah, so if you want to uh, help Yaoshir's undergoing seromorphosis, you need to like move him to a, a another location here, right? And on the dirty floor with all the you know used needles and stuff and the old empty blood bags, and you can you can pick up his big orb body and move it into the next room, which is uh, you see uh, there's a hallway at the uh, which is like the end of the bunker, and it's uh, his inner sanctum, and you open a door and you see uh, essentially what is his bedroom is <laughs> a big hammock. In fact, that you can put him in and set up some medical equipment. Um, but then, on the far wall of his bedroom, uh, where Yaush will eventually come back to, or has come back to far in the past, you see a big hot dog sticker. And is it intact? It is in half. <laughs> <laughs>